Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Mr. Pop. <laughs> The only thing we have to fear is fear Four score and seven years ago. When in the course of human events. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello. Hello. Hey. 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 The whole team is back. Wow. Mr. Monica, how have you been? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a dodgy tummy. I've lost all of my notes, which I scrupulously put together for this. So I'm going right. to somewhat, you know, literally 10 minutes before we started, Evernote decided to uh, not work for me. So well, let's just let's just make up the news. It's fine. <laughs> hey, Fox style. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Fox shit. <laughs> Man lands on Mars. Birmingham no go areas. Yeah. That's where we <laughs> yeah. I that was I, that morning afterwards. I woke up to such a barrage of electronic messages from people guffawing and just saying, "Well, that just proves these idiots don't know what they're talking about." And uh, yeah, but it, it's uh, it's entertainment, not not news, Fox. And if you take it as entertainment, well, then, you know, you take it for what it is. <laughs> Precisely. So uh, no notes, but let's go for it. Hello and welcome to the 2015 edition of Mid-Atlantic. We are back. It's season two. With me in Dublin, I have all round lovely person, rack and wit and just general all-round good guy 
Mr. Mick Wright. Say hello, Mick. Hello, Mick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, it feels like an old show already. And in Connecticut, we have the man that needs to be gone in 45 minutes, Mr. Rob Monaco. Say hello, Rob. Hey, I got stuff to do. Good. Gone in 45 minutes, the uh, the extended cut of Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> just play it fast, that's fine. Right. Let's just crack on, gentlemen. I have no more campaigns to run. My only agenda... I know, because I won both of them. My only agenda for the next two years is the same as the one I've had since the day I swore an oath on the steps of this Capitol, to do what I believe is best for America. Last week saw Obama deliver his State of the Union address and he stated it was strong with his rapprochement to Cuba, the rebounding US economy and moves to make community college free. Are we now seeing the Obama we always wanted? Rob, you're a famous liberal. Go for it. Oh, am I? (laughs) (laughs) I get all this nonsense about you being a libertarian when you were younger. Is this kind of Obama swagger? Is this the Obama you wanted when you voted for him in uh, 2008? Well, you know, you're you're implying I voted for him. He was not my my first choice. I should let you know off the top right now. I actually Mm -hmm. wanted, I will tell you, I wanted Bill Richardson as president because I really was buying into his foreign policy experience. And I knew it was never going to happen, but... um, No, to answer your question, I... he, He, he's bugging the hell out of me lately i don't you know what were you waiting for first off for the years previously um yeah it's all great i i like a lot of what he said in the state of the union i'm all for cuba i'm all for the uh two years free community college but when you talk about jobs and this is what i don't think enough people are commenting on Yes, unemployment is down, the jobs are coming back, but these are all the jobs that pay, they're piss poor. They're the minimum wage, they're the the private bottom rung, you know, these are, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I gotta, I'm watching my blood pressure right Be, now. Being as you don't know, Mick, were you somewhat impressed by his demeanor, his put down to the Republicans whilst delivering that address? Um... Do you know what? I thought that was really uh, unstatesmanlike. Actually, I, I don't. I don't think the State of the Union is the place to. Uh, that that felt like um, a bit of a correspondence dinner quip to me. And I'm, you know, I, I wasn't he like just Obama. responding to the unparliamentary, uh, undignified round of applause. And doesn't that really character characterize his? problems with with congress and that there is yeah, underlying which, a lack of respect that they show for him yeah but it also puts us in that tells you why that why half the things he promises in the state of the union are not gonna are gonna come to nothing because the republicans are gonna stymie him at every turn i think history will judge obama fairly well particularly as he you know his two terms about the Bush presidency, which was an absolute cesspit. But on the other hand, you've got to think that he's been 
you know, uh, killing many with drones and and generally uh, sort of pursuing um, a lot of policies that are, you know, anti-whistleblower uh, are pretty pretty uh, hard line. So, I don't know. I, Obama, is he the Obama we wanted him to be? The Obama we wanted him to be was a fantasy. We might as well have wanted a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'd vote for a unicorn. That could be cool. But doesn't this come back to something we talked to in the past and go back and re- listen to some of our other episodes if you have a people that we talked about before is that the president the, the power of the presidency is a lot more limited than people like to think of it as you know fiction has allowed us to think that the president it has this you know wide ranging of powers and actually his powers are, are a lot more limited true uh, v- very true um, it, try, trying to explain to Americans uh, the breadth and the scope that a, a UK Prime Minister has in terms of setting legis- uh, le- uh, legislator is, is just um, absolutely light and shade away from, from the US system but though Rob surely Americans are now feeling confident about the economy um, this means that the Democratic hopeful, which we all think is going to be Hillary Clinton, is going to be issuing mm. in 2016. You know, the sun is shining on America again. Well, it is. I mean, and I there's definitely the feeling that like things are things are better. I don't think that you know any of the countries that were practicing austerity during the recession i mean they're not really in the place they should right now and america believes that the best way out of these situations is to spend it's okay you can't compare a government to a personal credit card government can spend whatever the hell it wants to spend whether it's in digital currency or actual stuff Uh, but yeah i think that you know right now the gas prices are certainly helping Um, You know, everybody's finding, you know, we got a little more money in your pocket. That's good. Um, Are there still lots of problems? Yeah, there are still a lot of problems. Um, You know, I know we talked about how the stock market is doing tremendously well right now. Um, But one of the reasons for that is that people are finding it a better alternative than to put your money elsewhere right now. And that's not necessarily a good thing because it's still risky. Um, I I don't know. I'm starting to become very cynical about um, the way that everything is going lately. I I, I I think that cynicism just comes with age though, Rob, surely. Well, I mean, I am approaching... you're still relatively young, aren't you? But... uh, Well, yes, I am. I mean, I'm only, what, 2019, right? 22? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting all these greys in my beard, but that's okay. Um, But it's... it's, I don't know. I can't... I'm I'm very hesitant to buy into it because for the last six years or so, you've had to listen to Obama supporters say that, oh, you you just wait. He's going to do it. It's going to be great. We're just... just Give him time and, and hey, but would you would you say i i still i don't think he, i think it's unfair to say he's about i don't think he's been a bad president though no i i wouldn't say he's a bad president either no the other question i have uh, is is should clinton should clinton run in 2016 i i think she's I, I think she's had her chance i really don't think she should Ooh. she might but i don't think she should no, she, she's, she's absolutely going to run surely definitely it would be interesting if it was clinton and romney Clinton, Clinton Bush. Yeah. Clinton Bush could definitely be. But that, that's exactly it. Oh, my God. We're voting for another Clinton or Bush? Is that it? That's all we can do? Yeah, it would be 1992 I, especially, all over again. Especially, 
especially a country that was formed in uh, in getting away from uh, you know uh, monarchies and from, Thank from you. dynasties. You know, Jesus. But that is that's a question for for another show, but one which I absolutely do find fascinating. Um, but let's leave Jed Bush completely to one side just for now. Uh, Mick, uh, rapprochement with Cuba. How many years late has this been? Uh, well, far too late. Far too late, really. But um, on the other hand, it, they've uh, still got a Castro there. So I, I don't know. I mean, Cuba's just a bit of a ridiculous thing. And it's and then I'm sure Rob could say more about it, but it, it comes down to all the ridiculous politics in America down in Florida. So, you know. Yep. Yep. Uh, Rob, just yeah. for UK listeners who might not be aware of the politics in in Florida, can you give us a quick, you know, one minute on it? Yeah, I mean, basically, I think everybody knows their Cuban history, knows that if you were, you know, you were a private business in Cuba and you were doing pretty well under Batista, you know, Castro comes in and starts taking your land and taking your business. And that's, obviously, you'd be furious about that. And they all ended up, all of the Cuban exiles, they go to Florida. But they were the conservative base in Cuba. They were the ones with the money and the power. And of course, they're going to start using that influence to, uh, you know, go along with the anti-communist politicians in America. And they really have a very strong, wealthy, organized base that's centered around South Florida. Um, Marco Rubio um, and Ted Cruz are your perfect examples of that. Uh, they have a lot of sway Um trying to tell you know convince people that i you know what we're doing right now with cuba it's like making a deal with the devil but anybody who's anybody in this country and it's an overwhelming you know two-thirds of this country is think it knows that we gotta we gotta fix things with cuba this is ridiculous we were we're, we're almost best buddies with vietnam and we fought a war horrible horrible war crimes over there war and we're okay with them mm. uh Community college, Mick, um, is this part of Obama's way of helping to lift up uh, the working class? You know, that, that class of Americans, which American politicians never really talk about. It's always middle class politics. The strivers. Um, yes, I, I, don't, I, I think it's a good policy. That's all I can say. But I, yeah, it's a good thing. That's about it. Um, anything to add there Mr Monaco okay and why hasn't this why hasn't um, a prominent US politician advocated this before well it's because I think everybody wants to you know talk about the money aspects of it yes sure it sounds great you know hey free free is good but where are you going to get the money for it? I mean, but, and investing, look, but investing in education has, oh, an, has, a, huge, huge, it has a huge economic upside. <laughs> but here's the thing. When everybody it has... It saves money. Investing in education saves money in the long run. In the Maybe, but if everybody has a bachelor's degree, you know, are you going to tell somebody with a bachelor's degree, listen, we don't have anybody that's going to 
like pick vegetables. Nobody that's gonna you know work the jobs that you don't need a bachelor's degree for this. But you're being well, slightly it, extreme there, like. What about what about technical jobs? What about degrees that are not academic? That they're actually you're using your hands and you're actually producing something instead of a bunch of people puffing bubble pipes and and talking about sociology and not to rank on sociology. Because there's no practical. Because there are no practical degrees being taught at community college. Uh, Well. I'm I'm with Mick right here. Go on, Mick. Let's take him to pieces. Continue. Keep going, man. No, no, I'm not. I'm just, you know, uh, you are. It's just a broad. It's just Rob's taking a rather broad brush approach to this topic. Oh, I'm going to take a paint bucket and just splash it on this. (laughs) (laughs) Rob, what happened to the nice, reasonable Rob Monaco of season one? That's what I want to know. Season one. I'm the first person. He's dead. I'm the first person in my family to have gone to university, and frankly, uh, I, I'm being chased by the student loan company for money still, and I don't think that's a great thing. So, no, it's uh, it's infuriating yeah. how much I owe in student loans, and 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 yeah, and as somebody who actually took, um, I took a full year at a community college, and actually, I loved my experience at community college so, so much that because I, you loved it, then you want to close the door behind you. Yes, that's right. Nobody Rob else can have the ladder it. and he is pulling it up. <laughs> <laughs> so long, suckers. I had my fun. <laughs> and so, talking about inequality, how about Saudi Arabia? Oh, <laughs> well, let, let, let's not jump ahead. We're going to do the UK first. Um, so, Mick, you said you think that history is going to be fine to Barack Obama. Uh, you know, if his term was to end today, I, I think we could kind of say, yeah, he's probably going to look look well on his presidency. Um, what are the p- potential pitfalls he might have in his next two years, considering that in their last two years, American presidents nearly always turn to foreign affairs? Um, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know whether he necessarily will. Um, You've, the ISIS issue is there. That's that's a problem. Obviously, Iraq is still a problem. Um, you see, foreign policy. I think it's a tricky one because you don't know what's going to come up. That's the thing. It's it, it's the it kind of blows up in your face. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, oil's an issue. You know, Iraq is an issue. Getting out of Af- Afghanistan, it, it, he's made a lot of play of, but. That's there are still problems there. That, that's where I'd be saying Middle East as usual. <laughs> Let's as end with you, uh, Mr. Monaco. Um, how is if Barack Obama's term ended uh, today? How would you view him? Uh, I mean, <sighs> I would give him. I'd give him like a B, B minus for his terms. I mean, he didn't. Let's just say it this way. He didn't make the country worse. Could he have done more? Possibly. I think I'll definitely give it that the Republicans were no help whatsoever to him. Um, but I, I, we're not in a worse place than we were. What grade would you give him? I'd give him like a B, B minus. Yeah, I'd go with a B minus. Hey, we agree. <laughs> no. If it ended today, I'd actually give the guy a B because he's had to fight uh, Congress all the way through, well, since since 2010, he's had to fight Congress, and he had he was dealt the worst hand of any president since FDR. Absolutely. I give the, the Republican worst Congress an F. Oh, absolutely, no. I'd, I'd expel them if this was a school. 
Good. Okay. Right. Now, to, let's move on to the UK. Among the insurgent parties shaking up the political landscape, UKIP and the SNP claim the headlines. But there is another force on the move. The Green Party is targeting a range of constituencies and has got the major players worried. First things first, though, they have to secure their initial beachhead, Brighton Pavilion, the seat that is home to the UK's first Green MP and a council with the Greens as the largest party. Win here and they have a platform for wider success, lose and they may look a flash in the pan. The people of Brighton have way more experience than the rest of us of what it means to actually have green politicians in power. Now though, there are voters up and down the country who are wondering whether or not they might fancy making a similar choice. With the surge in support for the Greens and the SNP and with the Lib Dems looking at electoral wipeout, what is the 2015 going to say about politics in the UK? Of course, we know where we're going to start here. Mr. Wright, over to you. Well, the result of the 2015 election is going to be, um, I believe the technical term would be a clusterfuck. It's going to be... <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be uh, very uh, very difficult for, a, for anyone to, to form a majority administration. Everybody's saying that. Um, I think you're going to find uh, the SNP wielding far too much power in... Um, the Westminster Parliament, given that they've already, you know, they've now gained additional powers in Scotland. Um, and I think, I, I don't think UKIP will, will get as many MPs as some people think they will, but they will, um, you know, have a rump of MPs in there, which will change the, uh, the climate in the Parliament. I think it's going to be very difficult. I think you'll see a, a, some kind of, you know, multicoloured coalition. And I think most likely Cameron will still be in the in the hot seat as Prime Minister following the election but I don't know how long he'll last there uh, I think you'll see the Tories who don't like him um, with their knives out when he uh, fails to secure a majority for the second election in a row Rob, have you managed to keep much of a, a BDI on UK politics it's you know, it, in our sojourn? Well it's funny because I think in season one, when we talked about UKIP, at that point, I, I didn't know as much about it, um, but I've sort of been watching them with like the fascination of like, you know, it's like you see like the car crash on the road and you're just like, wow, like, what is this? And that's what I've been sort of looking at, sort of trying to understand why they exist and why they are getting so much attention um i mean it's it's interesting i mean it's almost like you literally have a tea party that is its own branch which is a, a party yeah 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 it's, it's almost like if it would be like the next election you've got the democrats republicans and the tea party um and the tea party gets 20 percent of the vote um I'm very curious to see, though, what is going to happen with um, the conservative vote, though, in the UK. Are the is UKIP going to make enough of a, a dent? It is, but it'll also make a dent into it'll also make a dent into Labour, and it'll also make a dent into Lib Dems. I mean, the number of seats where they they can make a challenge is uh, fairly significant, and Labour's also going to get their vote eaten into by the Greens. And I mean, the big issue 
currently is this issue of the debates and whether we have a seven-way, eight-way, even ten-way debate where you've got, you know, you've got Greens, you've got um, Scottish nationalists, you've got Welsh nationalists, you've got Lib Dems, you've got the Conservatives, you've got UK, all on stage. That's going to be a nightmare of a debate. And then, of course, you've got the the head-to-head debates between... um, Cameron and Miliband, uh, and Miliband won't do well in them. I don't think. I mean, he he doesn't have the polish. He, he and that's going to be the problem for Labour is that people don't see Miliband as as primisterial, even though um, Cameron is not seen as a particularly successful prime minister. He is able to sort of appear marginally statesmanlike, whereas Miliband looks ridiculous in any photo taken of him and. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Seems quite robotic in speeches, and as much as that shouldn't necessarily matter, it really does. Um, so, there you go. Mm. Uh, Rob, um, why is, compared to the UK anyway, and we'll, we'll come back into why the UK political scene has got so schizophrenic recently, but why is party politics in the US so sclerotic? You have two parties, arguably it's kind of one party. How did that develop? And, and is the, has there never been, in let's say in the last 50 years or so, a, tr- you know, a true third party in American politics? I mean, it starts with Washington. I mean, he really struggled to remove party politics um, and eventually had to choose just on the grounds of um, he didn't want to fight it anymore. But I I think because we've always had, you know, you're either left or you're right. You're a Whig or you're a Democrat Republican. You then it becomes further and further than the party switch. But, you know, the fact is, is while it's nice in some ways that your choices are just 
you know, one or two. That's it. You don't have to think much more than that. It's very frustrating because in the, you know, for the Republicans, you've got brilliant people who really do know what they can do for this country, but you also have all that baggage. And likewise, for the Democrats, you've got very, very smart people who also have good things for this country. And then you've got, like, the kooky part of them as well. Um, I don't know why there's not more of a independent base here. Um, but Is it not to do with money, ultimately? Like, well, of course. An, an independent party can't suck in enough mm. money. Well, the, Whereas the, in, a, the, in, the, in the UK... There is some state funding of political parties. It's you know campaigning wise, mm. and also the amount of money you need to campaign is you know substantially lower. Yeah, and and also and that's the reason why you will get third party candidates occasionally for the presidency, but you know not for seats in Congress or the Senate. No, and of course not. And and I think that you're right. If it goes, if there was some way that we could remove all of this horrible horrible you know uh, the the campaign finance laws that have been passed lately and it was a fair playing ground sure the influence of the republicans and the democrats would finally be tamed um but at the same time you'd have to deal with parties that have you know put people in in congress that who knows what the hell they're going to talk about you know they might want to uh, i don't know isn't there a beer drinker party in germany or something i mean there's a pirate party in the pirate party in sweden sure Uh, it could be but of course the pirate party does actually have a have a fairly serious political agenda that they believe in rather than just <laughs> patches and hats. Okay, well, there's a monster rave in Looney Party in the UK then. We, you know. <laughs> there are the... <laughs> All right. So, um, Mick, why is it that this kind of explosion of uh, political pluralism has hit the UK now? What, you know, what's, what are we drinking in the water over in the UK for us to have this kind of diverse political uh, debate at the moment? So, you know, it's 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 down to a reduction in, in, in trust in, in the mainstream parties or the traditional parties. And it's, you know, less people are voting. It's also to do with an aging population um, who are, you know, drifting rightwards and uh, feel marginalised, even though they maybe shouldn't feel as marginalised. So you've got, you know, the, the communities where UKIP seems to do particularly well are, are areas where they are not particularly ethnically diverse, but are yet very worried about the threat of the immigrants coming to ruin their their uh, white towns and cities. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a complicated thing, but I think mainly it's down to you know that that dissolution and uh, of of people wanting to support the mainstream parties. That's that's how you get that plurality. I have to say, when you look at something like the Greens, their support tends to go up around elections, but it doesn't necessarily translate into the vote. I wouldn't believe in the polls necessarily that strongly there. Rob. Another final word uh, with you on this. Dare I say, are you looking forward to the 2015 UK election? Uh, Well, after looking at, you know, uh, some of the charts about the issues uh, in in the UK, which it's very interesting. The, the, The things that people are most concerned about in the UK are not what we are most concerned about. So I was looking at one chart and the biggest issue right now, immigration, which seems to be sort of like a Western European, 
kind of talking point. Whereas that's not really so much on our radar right now. It's very interesting. I mean, immigration into this country is actually low right now. People don't really want to believe that, but it's true. They don't want to come here because it's not, I mean, it's not that great. Um, but it's very interesting that immigration, it's just all immigration. Um, and I'm very interested to see what happens if UKIP, the conservative parties, get more of those votes. Um, will you have uh, more no-go areas? I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, should I? Should I be saying? Hey, you know, hey, well, stop. Uh, uh, you're doing your best impression of a Fox News commentator. <laughs> I, I need. I need to pull pull you back. To- should I be saying Inshallah when I go to London? I think not. No, I'm just. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to world topics. The news of King Abdullah's death sent shockwaves through the region, even though it had been known he was quite ill. Dignitaries from around the world traveled to Riyadh to attend the funeral on Friday. The ceremony was a simple one, as the body was taken to the Imam Turk Mosque in Riyadh, where visitors prayed for the king. It was then moved to the cemetery to be buried by the king's family. The kingdom on Friday also endorsed the new king, Salman bin Abdelaziz, who said he would follow in the footsteps of his predecessor and half-brother, the late King Abdullah. King Abdullah died last week. His death has prompted Western governments to send flowery condolences to Saudi Arabia. This is in stark contrast to popular feeling on both sides of the Atlantic. Is Saudi Arabia our most toxic friend? Mr. Monaco, over to you. No. They are not our most toxic friend. Our most toxic friend, and I don't even want to use that word, Pakistan. Absolutely, Pakistan is our, the biggest pain thorn in the rear end of this country that we could absolutely want for. But Saudi Arabia, um, no, I would put them a a close second um, in terms of our frenemies. Um, But... Uh, what you know it's it's interesting what what bothered me i think the most about um king abdullah's death and not not so much that his half brother is only 10 years younger than him and now he's in charge and, I, and he's got dementia and the physical problems um it's the <laughs> amount of boot licking and and, and ass kissing that that came from everyone in the world so i mean he uh, obama cut short his visit to the taj mahal so he could attend the funeral I, you know i i understand you got to the diplomacy it's the whole game with this stuff but come on we should with this country mick you even know this country was founded to fight against monarchy and here we are with the crocodile tears forget it oh my god ah, well listen in britain we've been very tempered in our response we just load all of our fags to half mast didn't we mick uh yeah um, I would, I, I, I have to say I disagree with Rob. I do actually think Saudi Arabia is our most toxic ally because, um, although, uh, Pakistan has, uh, you know, ISI have been heavily involved with helping the Taliban. We know that we know that they turned a blind eye to, uh, bin Laden, um, you know, setting up shop in Pakistan. Saudi Arabia pumps huge amounts of money into uh, religious schools that end up generating the fundamentalists who are uh, 
you know the foot soldiers of these terror groups mm. saudi arabia is the is the um the cradle of wahhabism it is <laughs> the very heart of the ideology which is fueling um things like the charlie hebdo attack and um you know very destructive pressures in 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 europe and beyond so i i do think and i also think frankly you know pretty much saudi arabia is one of the most disgusting countries in the world on on almost every level um you know um, do we have do we have any saudi listeners on this show or we'll 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 (laughs) soon find out the people (laughs) the people of saudi arabia live live under live under a um under an incredibly oppressive monarchy where uh you know people beheadings and um lashings and oh, the, the the blogger yeah no. incredible cruelty you know and and the fact that you know they still practice cutting people's hands off the fact that they you know um two w- women who drove across the border were arrested under terror legislation and imprisoned for a number of years it's 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 a horrific country i have no desire to ever go there i think it's disgusting that we're an ally of them in any way uh, i realize why the real politic is is what it is but it's still stomach churningly disgusting mm. i must admit i'm with mick all the way here N- number one though but before I, I launch into uh my uh, agreement with mick when i said we were somewhat much more tempered with our response to king abdullah's death than the americans we only had our flags at half mast i was absolutely appalled by that uh, but Although I, I have to say we do that for e- you are, yes i know there we is but any time yes. a monarch dies it's yes. you know that's but, just the way it is but it, it just felt so incredibly wrong considering the human rights violations of that regime and again uh, you know as i was saying before i completely agree with mick here because geo strategically you can understand the reasons why pakistan slightly has to uh the, the pakistan military plays it both sides when it comes to um afghanistan and that is not to say that they should have given sucker to Osama bin Laden and many people in the Pakistani establishment had no idea what was going on because the Pakistani military is literally a law unto itself. But as I, as I've not, uh, as I keep on saying to many people when they talk about Islam and um, and have many misconceptions about it, Pakistan has had a female head of state. You know, so uh, something which we could not even conceive of happening anytime soon in Saudi Arabia, you know, when women can't even drive. So for me, they are by far our most toxic uh, friend. Um, yeah, but wait a minute. They, yeah, they had a female head of state, but then they killed her. I mean, she got assassinated. We're talking about Benazir Bhutto, right? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it, it's, just to, it's just to say that Pakistani uh, society is incredibly complex it is incredibly complex and and in terms of it being um one which is hard to govern it's a relatively new country now i know the same could be said of saudi arabia in that it's saudi arabia is 1932 and pakistan is 1947 but pakistan is much more a coalition of different disparate areas that only have one thing in common that they are the majority of people in those provinces are muslim and that's the reason why it didn't join india and it's a it's a fractured coalition on the on one side it's got this booming uh, existential threat india 
here. On the other side, it has an existential threat to do with extreme Islam. And you can understand that it's in a much more tricky geopolitical position, as opposed to Saudi Arabia, who I completely agree with Mick, who, which is what the biggest sponsor of global terrorism, but somehow seems to wriggle out of earning that sobriquet. I, because they, I mean, they've got the oil backing there. But but the thing about Pakistan, and I, I don't think you guys are, you must, you know it, but I don't know if it's as big an issue for you. They are backed with nuclear weapons. And if for whatever reason their military falls apart and the extremists move further in, holy crap, nukes. I mean, so is Israel. It, 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 well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> just throw that one in there. Yeah. You know what? I'm. Uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, and, and 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 it is the fact that the Pakistani state does have nuclear weapons. It, 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 the Pakistani military is is not beholden to any civilian administration and holds a disproportionate amount of power o over that country and has done frequently it deposes prime ministers as of when it wants um and has an independent uh foreign policy which isn't completely beholden to the us because it will say to the east and to the west, it sees two massive threats to its existence. Mick, I, I felt well, you look, I, draw breath then. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Look, there's no question that Pakistan is a, is a pseudo democracy, but it's it, it's more uh, it's it, it's more democracy than than Saudi Arabia's pseudo democracy because Saudi Arabia doesn't. It, well, even, it does, it's not even pseudo know. democracy, is it? So. No, it's it's had a few. You know, it's it puts off elections, and then the elections it does have are you know ridiculous well to, to be fair to king abdullah one thing he did pass in his reign was the fact that he said that women could stand for municipal elections so yeah and then they put off those elections all the yeah. time yeah and and it's very much in theory um you know and if women <laughs> but meanwhile women can't drive cars yeah right you know so i, I don't know i i my whole thing with saudi arabia is is, is just a cesspit frankly <laughs> it, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that the uh, the new king comes in and uh, he can help reform things. Let's move on to our takeaways of the week. Takeaways of the week time. Let's start in Connecticut with our favourite historian, Rob Monaco. What's your takeaway? Oh my God, I haven't even put much thought into this one. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> tell tell us one nice tell us one memorable positive thing that you've done in the last seven days. Talk about memorable, that. memorable, positive seven yeah. day. We all thingy. got to end on an up. Um well it wasn't in the last seven days, but I am filming for a new TV show. Oh. It's gonna be cool. Can't really say much about it, but it is going to be airing sometime in the spring. That's all I can say about it. I'll let people know more about it when I know what's awesome. going on. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, talking about awesome, I'm loving um, your um, podcast history for our world at the moment and the Chin Dynasty, and I love your pronunciation. Uh, oh, well, thank you. You I'm put a lot of effort into that. My God, I put a lot of effort into this stuff. You know, I, I, I had... Uh, 
It's t- it's tongue twister goodness, and I'm sure that I, I I didn't do it entirely well, but you know it's those tonal languages. They 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 really should have thought about the um, laziness of the American speaker. That I don't have to take the time to modulate my my. Come on, real you know, chin chin. Jin, there's probably like three different meanings right there, but I tried my best at at least we're going to take a break from China. To my okay. lazy British ears, it sounded very impressive. Mr. Yeah, Wright, <laughs> Mr. Wright, what's your takeaway of the week? Oh, you know what? Um, I think if you haven't watched it, and it, it's been out a couple of weeks now, but um, there was a guy, a police officer in um, the Dover police uh, in uh, in the US, and he uh, was caught on his uh, dashboard camera oh, doing, yes. uh, sinking along to shake it off by Taylor Swift, and it just <laughs> cheers me up uh, whenever I watch it because it's just it's just very good fun. I mean, let's ignore the fact that he takes his hands off the wheel repeatedly. Uh, during it and just uh, enjoy the ridiculousness of it um, because it, it's just really good fun it is absolutely excellent and when he like, when he like realises he has to calm down a couple of times and he's like waving at people and it's then just like hi yeah. yeah great yeah, comment awesome. timing great comment timing um, I didn't have a takeaway of the week either normally my takeaways of the week I think about them two minutes before we record and because I lost my notes I was in somewhat of a panic um, So, but I'll also go and musical tip i listen to a weekly podcast which is a mix by a dj called lars Baronroth, and he's um a dj of german extraction lives in los angeles he does the most beautiful mix of deep house music so um Lars Baronroth, search for him on iTunes. It's absolutely perfect accompaniment to whatever you do. If I'm down at the gym, um, it's still kind of like 130 BPM, so you can run on that treadmill or do the rowing machine kind of rhythmically to it. But it's just about chilled enough that you can work to it as well. So Lars Baronroth. Um, how do you spell? Uh, how do you spell that last name? Are you asking me a fucking dyslexic? It's uh, it's B E H R E N R O T H. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> well done, Mick. Well done, Mick. It's Bear Ren Roth. He's very good. Very good. Oh, there it is. All right. I see it. He's deeper spent... sh- deeper shades of house. house. Yep. He Ooh. spends a lot of time in South Africa. And one thing I've learned from him is that a lot of deep house music, that kind of soulful, melodic uh, house music, is actually of South African origin. It is humongous in South Africa. Hmm. And he works with a lot of South African artists. Anyway, hmm. Lars Brownroth. Good tips. Listen, gentlemen, this has been fantastic. I, I don't. Why, why did we wait so long? I know, right? What's up with that? <laughs> We're building anticipation. When are we yeah. that, that must be it. Yes. <laughs> when can we? When can we promise our, our, our diminished core of listeners that we'll be back next? Uh, we will be Robert. back in two weeks' time, Mick. And um, I think our core of listeners will not be so diminished as you might think, actually. So uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time, round about the same um, two weeks' time, same place. Yeah, I'll be. No, I won't be in San Francisco then. I'll be back in London, probably. And in two weeks' time, will you be in London or in Dublin, Mick? Who knows? Who knows? Ah, ah. A lot can happen in two weeks. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) very true, very true. And Mr Monaco, will you be in Connecticut and will you be fighting and raring to go in two weeks' time? I will be pumped up and full of, of piss and vinegar for you guys in two weeks right now. 
Well, but in Connecticut, I, I, can, I can barely <laughs> wait. Listen, that has been Mid-Atlantic, the first show of season two. Welcome in 2015 with my transatlantic best buddies, Mick Wright and Rob Monaco. Goodbye, gentlemen, and goodbye to you all. Goodbye. Bye. Yay, that was good. Hey. Uh, who needs notes? Yeah, who needs notes? <laughs> who needs notes? August the 11th, 1965, the bloodiest riot in 40 years of America's troubled racial history begins. Los Angeles, California, the district called Watts. 34 persons die, $40 million worth of property is destroyed, almost 4,000 are arrested. The American Negro, the invisible... It is now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight. Remember that Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King. There have been some demonstrations at this early hour in downtown Chicago's Grant Park. We heard a moment ago that tear gas has been used as the demonstrators are attempting to form a line of parade and march Senator Robert Francis Kennedy on the died at 1.44 a.m. today, June 6, 1968, with Senator Kennedy. The 1960s, as we understand them, didn't really start happening until about 1965. The framework and the foundation is laid, of course, much earlier. But if you take a look at photographs of American people, you can see a change in fashion, style, and the entire culture that occurs sometime between 1964 and 1967. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. 
Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.